So Isaiah 40, 1 to 5 says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And then moving on to Luke. So it's Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 80. So his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Lord, thank you for the fun and celebration of Christmas. Thank you for the cards and presents. Thank you for time off work, time with family and friends. And now, Lord, as we look at this passage of Scripture, speak to us from your word, Lord, and speak to us through your Holy Spirit. Help us to see that Christmas is all about Jesus, all about his coming, and all about the reason he came. For we ask this in his name and for his glory. Amen. Well, imagine the scene. The children have just got into the back of the car. They're setting off for the family's summer holidays. They're so excited. Sunshine and beach, ice creams, sandcastles, swimming, non-stop fun for a week. They can't wait. The car stops 
and a set of traffic lights. And their first question, you know it, don't you? <laughs> Are we nearly there yet? Well, we're almost there. Christmas is now only eight sleeps away. And while the children can't wait, their parents, their carers, just hope there's enough time to get everything done. Now, you've been thinking a lot about Elizabeth and Zechariah this past week or two. Well, imagine their excitement. For in despair, they'd waited. Waited for years and years. In fact, they'd waited so long, they assumed that it would never happen. And now they're old, too old. At least, that's what they thought. But while Zechariah the priest had been burning incense in the temple, an angel had spoken to him and said that Elizabeth would have a son who would be a joy and delight. He would be very special, for even before he was born, he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you'll remember, Zechariah had questioned this. After all, he and his wife were so old. But of course, the angel was right. Elizabeth became pregnant. The Lord has done this for me, she said. The Lord had. And eventually the great day arrived. Elizabeth gave birth to a son. And naturally enough, everybody assumed that the baby would be called Zechariah, named after his father. For that's how things were done in those days. No, said Elizabeth, At the circumcision naming ceremony, she said, we're going to call him John. And Zechariah confirmed this. He wrote down that the boy would indeed be called John. And immediately he could speak. What a moment this was. Huge excitement. Elderly Elizabeth had given birth. Zechariah could again speak. It was brilliant. What's in a name? This morning we're going to see the importance of names. For the whole of his life, John would be conscious that he hadn't been named after his father. Conscious that his name had in fact been given to him by God. Conscious that the Lord had given him a unique job to do. We'll come back to what Zechariah said in just a moment. But first we need to travel back in time. We need to think about the Old Testament for taking one step back now. It's going to help us take several forward in just a moment. You see, if we're going to understand the New Testament, we need to have some idea of what the Old Testament says. And that's particularly true when we come to Zechariah's prophecy, which is what we're thinking about this morning. For there, Zechariah talks about the Lord being the God of Israel, about what the Lord had said through his prophets long ago, about the salvation or rescue of the Lord's people from the hands of their enemies, and about the oath the Lord swore to our father Abraham. Astonishingly, remarkably, when Zechariah speaks about his son being a prophet of the Most High, he's recalling one of Isaiah's prophecies. I'll just read again verses 3 to 5 of that prophecy, part of which we've heard already. Isaiah chapter 40, 
It says there, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley will be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. We're going to notice what Zechariah says as we look on to Luke 1 and get to verse 46. Amazingly, he says, you, my child, he's looking at him, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way for him. As we've heard, Zechariah's words remarkably recall Isaiah's famous prophecy which speak about the coming of Yahweh, about the coming of the Lord as a king to his people, a coming that was announced and prepared for. For there was a voice calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it. Thirty years later, when he was a man, as was prophesied, John the Baptist was setting out on his mission. He stirred up the people by preaching the coming of the Messiah and by baptising them in readiness. One day, John's critics asked him, Who are you? Who do you claim to be? The Messiah? Elijah come back, the prophet God spoke about to Moses. And in his reply, John said something remarkable. He said this, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Words spoken 600 years before by the prophet Isaiah. So John was indeed very special. Astonishingly, what Zechariah says here, here at the birth and naming of his son, chimes in with Isaiah's prophecy so many hundred years before. And when the adult John the Baptist replies to his critics, what he says reflects what was said over him by his father, Zechariah, at his birth. John had a vital job to do for he was chosen to point forward to Jesus. And for those who will give time to think about it, the testimony about Jesus is there for all to see. In Isaiah, it's Yahweh the Lord who is to come. In Luke's Gospel and John's, in Matthew's and Mark's, it's Jesus who comes. Jesus is the form of God's coming. God comes as Jesus. Jesus is God with us, Jehovah Jireh, is Jehovah Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Well, here, at the end of our reading in verse 80, we're told that the child grew, became strong in the spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. There were 30 years between John's birth 
and his public ministry, 30 years before he went on to prepare the way of the Lord, just as his father Zechariah had prophesied that he would. John the Baptist's birth, as you've heard already, was foretold by the angel Gabriel, just as Jesus' birth was. In remarkable circumstances, Elizabeth became pregnant. In even more remarkable circumstances, Mary became pregnant. Zechariah's song is mirrored by Mary's song. These two cousins would be remarkable. But it was always clear that John the Baptist's job was to point away from himself and to prepare the way for Jesus, to prepare the way for Emmanuel, for salvation, for redemption. John the Baptist could not have been clearer about his role as prophet. And Jesus could not have been clearer about his role as saviour. It's astonishing that this was foreseen by Isaiah hundreds of years before. As we've seen, Isaiah's prophecy pointed to Jesus as did so many other Old Testament prophecies. The light of the world was coming and he would shine his light on those living in darkness. Friends, this is the gospel our world is crying out for. This is the good news. God has come as the prophets foresaw. God has come as both Zechariah and Jesus' mother Mary understood. And this is why Christmas is big and why we're right to celebrate it. For our world is dogged by sin. We need saving. Our world is darkened by unbelief. We need the light of the world. Our world is crying out for peace with God. We heard that in our prayers this morning. We need the shalom he offers. Only Jesus, only the one John the Baptist pointed to can save us from our sin, lighten our darkness and bring us real and lasting peace. Only Jesus can rescue us from those twin enemies of sin and death. Only Jesus can free us from fear. No wonder Zechariah said, praise be to the Lord because he has come to his people and redeemed them. You see, the real gift of Christmas is Jesus' offer of himself and the life we can have in him. The real gift of Christmas is Jesus' offer to die the death he didn't deserve so that we can have the life with God that we don't deserve. And like every gift, this gift has to be received, it has to be accepted, it has to be opened up, it has to be experienced. But the gift is nothing less than real life, eternal life, life with God now and on into eternity. And we'd be crazy to refuse it, for in Jesus we have light in our darkness, forgiveness of our sins, peace with God, and nothing less than being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So Zechariah was right to be excited at the prospect of it all. And we're right to be excited by our faith and by all that Christmas really means. For it means that God has come to his people 
come to you and me. Well, let's work our way then through this wonderful prophecy. You might want to follow it in Luke chapter 1. For the first thing that the godly Zechariah did was to praise God. For God had said this would happen, and it had. Everyone there, we're told, was full of awe. This was no ordinary birth. In fact, everyone was talking about John's birth. They recognized that this was big. This was the Lord. And Zechariah is so excited. His joy overflows, inspired. He sings out a hymn of praise and thanksgiving. It's a song that's become famous. It's a song of thanksgiving. There's never been another like it. It's a song that's in two parts. And significantly, the first part, verses 68 to 75, are not about John, but about his cousin, who's not yet been born. Think about that. This is John's circumcision naming ceremony, and the first bit about the song is about his cousin. The second bit, verses 76 to 79, is about Zechariah and Elizabeth's son, John. The first part is about Jesus the Saviour. He's on the way, says Zechariah. The second part is about John, because he will be Jesus' forerunner, salvation's forerunner, and prophet. He should be as excited about Christmas as Zechariah was about his son's birth. For we know what it's about. We know that it's so much more than the tinsel and turkey, so much more than the cards and presents. This year, those who worship here, those who worship at Stapleford Baptist Church, should have a brilliant Christmas celebration because you know the reason for it all. You know what you're doing. Zechariah sings, and you know that in Jesus there is salvation. With the coming of Jesus, the possibility of knowing God personally and having an eternal hope and future has arrived. Jesus came to us, came as one of us, but first and foremost, he came to die for us, came to open up the way to his Father, came to bring real life and real hope. Zechariah looks at his newborn son gurgling away and he gets it with the birth of his son he knows that God is about to do something new salvation is on the way verses 67 and 68 Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied praise be to the Lord the God of Israel because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Yahweh hasn't forgotten, sings Zechariah. It had been 400 years since the last prophets had prophesied. And that's why many of God's people feared that he had forgotten them. It seemed that the Lord had gone silent. The Lord had become remote. Like his wife, Zechariah knew all about waiting. He and Elizabeth had waited years and years and years for this baby. No, exclaimed Zechariah, God doesn't forget. There was never a moment when God wasn't watching over his people. 
God has remembered his people and remembered their need of redemption and remembered our need too. The birth of Zechariah's son meant that God is at work. He's coming to his people and will redeem those who put their trust in his son who in his own person is salvation. Verses 69 to 71. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. What's this horn of salvation that Zechariah sings about? The horn or strong king of salvation, is another way of describing a mighty saviour. A saviour who is indeed strong enough and powerful enough and effective enough to save. He'll be a descendant of David, sings Zechariah. And of course Jesus was. As the prophets had foretold, Jesus was born in Bethlehem because like David, his earthly father, his earthly family, was from Bethlehem too. There are so many prophecies in the Old Testament that point to Jesus and to his uniqueness. His is the most prophesied birth ever. And Zechariah is prophesying here. In fact, he's so sure that this is going to happen, he sings as if it already has. You'll see, he says, God has come to his people he has redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty saviour from the bloodline of David. This salvation is for those who by faith are children of David. Verses 72 and 73. To show mercy on our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. Zechariah was steeped in the Old Testament. We've seen how much he knew about Isaiah's prophecy from that famous chapter 40. Zechariah knew all about the covenants God had made with his people. He knew that whilst God's people hadn't kept their side of the bargain, the Lord had remained true to his. For the Lord is a covenant-keeping God. He never forgets the promises he has made. So what was the Lord's covenant with Abraham? We find that if we look back to Genesis chapter 22. You'll remember that Abraham had been called to sacrifice his son Isaac. It was a test and he'd shown that he trusted God. So the angel of the Lord called to Abraham and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And when they took the promised land, Abraham's descendants did in fact take possession of the cities of their enemies 
But beyond that, as John the Baptist will come to understand, through Abraham's offspring, through Jesus, all nations would be blessed. Zechariah is singing here something bigger than he could have fully understood. But with the privilege of hindsight, we can see that Abraham's descendants by faith, that's the worldwide church, have indeed become as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. The birth of Zechariah's son John was significant. The birth of John's cousin Jesus was mega. It was absolutely colossal. Verses 74 and 75. To rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Hundreds of years before, God had promised this. He hadn't forgotten. And now he's doing what he promised. It's a rescue mission. Zechariah has sung about redemption and salvation here he sings about rescue. For Jesus' salvation is indeed rescue. It's rescue from our enemies and from fear and death, for their security in heaven. And because of the new creation, Jesus' salvation is rescue from sickness and disease and from those who hate us. This salvation takes away fear, for we're safe. If the Lord is watching over us, we're safe because Jesus died for us. Those who trust in the Lord and in his salvation are safe. We're secure in him. That's why when a Christian dies, we don't mourn as those without hope. What a song to sing about an as yet unborn baby. If it wasn't true, if it wasn't inspired, if it wasn't prophetic, it would be crazy. But at his own son's birth, Zechariah was right to sing first about the one who would be the mighty saviour, the one whose birth had been so clearly and precisely foretold. When the angel Gabriel visited Mary, he told her to call her son Jesus because as Matthew tells us, he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the Greek form of the Jewish name Joshua and means the Lord saves. The clue as to what Jesus came to do is in his name for the Lord knew that what we need is a saviour. Christmas is all about Jesus, all about his coming and his salvation. Perhaps we should let the children have a festive shout and join with them before we tuck into our Christmas lunch. Why not with them cry out, thank you for coming, Jesus. Thank you for your salvation. You are a mighty saviour. Well, having sung that Jesus is salvation, Zechariah moves on to sing about his own son, John, who is to be salvation's prophet. Verse 76. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. You, my son, you, John, 
are to be salvation's prophet. You're going to be a prophet of the Most High, a prophet of the Lord. You've been born for a purpose, John. It will be your job to prepare the way. Verses 77 to 78. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. John, tell people that salvation is on the way. The one who is coming can and will forgive sins. This job will be your vocation, your calling. Verses 78 to 79. By which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Salvation is from God, from heaven. As the song has it, from heaven you came, helpless babe. At Christmas we celebrate the incarnation, the coming of God to us and becoming like us. Jesus was fully God and he didn't give that up when he became fully human. It's because Jesus was fully God and fully human that he's able to bridge the gulf between a holy God and sinful human beings. This salvation will shine brightly, says Zechariah. It's for those who realize that they're living in darkness, those who will let the light shine in as they receive Jesus into their lives and accept him as their Lord and Savior. And those who love and serve and follow him will find that following him is the way of peace. Peace with God and peace because we trust him. Take our cares and worries to him. Peace because we know that ahead is a life of unbroken joy and peace. Elderly Elizabeth and teenage Mary were cousins. Elizabeth became pregnant first, having been childless for decades. So John was born first. He would be the older cousin. The older would be the forerunner of the younger. John's job would be to point away from himself and towards his younger cousin, who would be far, far greater. Zechariah was very clear about that. And 30 years later, John the Baptist was equally clear. For Zechariah knew, and John the Baptist knew, that Jesus is salvation. His name means the Lord saves, for he is in himself salvation. John, your job is to tell everyone that Jesus is on the way. Salvation is coming. So with John's birth, we're nearly there. We really are. Christmas is nearly here. We can't wait. Zechariah was excited. He sang and prophesied, for he saw clearly what God was about to do. If we were to look on to Luke chapter 3, we'd hear John the Baptist call out, get ready, repent, for salvation is on the way. John the Baptist prepares the way as his father Zechariah had said he would. At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus 
and the coming of salvation. We should be excited, for we know why we're celebrating Christmas. Friends, if you don't yet know this Jesus, this Jesus whose coming we're about to celebrate, if you don't know this Jesus who is salvation, find someone who will chat and pray with you, someone who can introduce you to him. For you see, Jesus was John the Baptist's Lord and Saviour, and Jesus will be yours too. As we sit, let's pray. Lord, thank you for Zechariah's wonderful prophecy. Thank you for this song of praise and thanksgiving. Thank you that John the Baptist came to prepare the way and point forward to Jesus. May each of us here this morning know the one John came to prepare the way for. May each of us love and follow and serve Jesus Christ whose coming we celebrate at Christmas. For we ask this in his name and for his glory. Amen.